We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. On our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture. And not so pop culture. And most of the time we have a topic. Most of the time. Sometimes we don't have a topic. Well, I mean we have a topics. Sometimes sometimes we hit <laughs> things rapid fire. I liked it. Actually the slideshow episode was sort of what we're doing today. The slideshow episode. Do you remember the slideshow episode where we covered all the topics that we'd lost in lost episodes? Oh, yeah. Um, we, that we did as a slideshow? Yeah. Just so that we wouldn't get overwhelmed with how many topics we were going to have to cover? I forgot that we had had to do that. Yeah. Stupid computer. Yeah. So today we're doing a controlled potpourri burn. Uh-huh. Long-time listeners of the show will remember episode... 30-something? Ooh, it was... Way earlier than that. We were still in my... We recorded at all in my kitchen. I feel like it was in the first 10 oh, or maybe. 15. Was a popper, an accidental potpourri episode where we had a topic in mind and then never got to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is that only we don't have a specific overarching topic in mind. We just have a number of things that we want to talk about. Uh-huh. We don't have any no, talk, no context corrections from last week's live stream slash live episode. I mean, the because only... we executed it flawlessly. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, go on the Facebook group. This is an early plug for the Facebook group. Unabashedly obsessed with unabashedly obsessed. Andy accidentally took screenshots during the live stream. Okay, so funny story about that. I saw those pop up. Yeah. And I thought you posted them. Like I don't know. My brain just didn't read it properly, and I thought See, I think because it said and you know Andy is with James because right. he had tagged you. Right. And I just saw James, and I'm like. You didn't even have your phone out. How did your, when did your phone take those pictures of us? Right. I could have. And then I realized it was, I mean, I'm talking like I had responded to it thinking, <laughs> like I thought it was you until after I had responded to things. Then I was like, oh, that was Andy's phone. It makes so much more sense now. Uh, there was a girl who posted on the My Favorite Murder Facebook group mm -hmm. that has the same name as an ex-girlfriend of mine. Oh. And I was definitely not. No, definitely not. Okay. I was super, super confused about why she was posting about the Toronto thing that happened where that van ran off and killed a bunch of people. Yeah. I was like, I mean, like she posts about current events and stuff, but she was like, what is going on with Toronto in a way that I was like. What is your connection to Toronto? And I looked at the profile Toronto! picture. Toronto! Listen! Um, I'm sorry, everyone. I had, I mean, I whenever it comes to. up, right? I had to. Um, and then I looked at her profile picture and I was like, oh, just not just the same name. And I, I was like, is that the thing? Is that a thing that you comment on, on someone that you don't know? No, I don't right? I think so. That's no. the equivalent. I wouldn't be like, hey, my ex-girlfriend has your same name. And I, th yeah. Because like, I mean... In another Facebook group, I might have. In the Mimbambino podcasters group? Sure. I would have done that. actually interact with yeah. most of the people. Still who... buffering group, I yeah. would have done. Like, there are, there are groups that I would have done it. This is That's too big a group. And also, it seems a little like a pickup line. Yeah. there's There are times when I feel like I have 
a more formed relationship with people in these groups than I actually do. There's this one guy who's in the CIPYD groups, the Zombies Run group, and the Hogwarts Running Club Ravenclaw group. Uh-huh. And so I just see him and his dogs all the time. And I never know which group I'm... Because a lot of his posts... He includes same. a picture right. of the dog. Right. And so I have to check which group am I in. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I get excited whenever I see his posts because at this point I'm like, I mean, in my mind, we're friends. Sure. I see you everywhere. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, I have a, the same relationship with him that I have with, like, my favorite cashier at Target that I see three times a week. Who's your favorite cashier at Target? Fred. Fred's great. Fred's great. Fred is great. Um. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and I feel like there are times when I maybe come on too strong, like he'll post a picture of Caesar and Penny, his dogs, and I'm like, Caesar and Penny, I love your faces. Ian, I love your face too. Yeah. And I'm afraid he's going to be like, okay, weirdo. But, but see, that's how you make friends. Yeah. And I don't mean I've you. I've almost friended him multiple times. Yeah. I've but... friended people for less. But I mean, we've also made friends with people. I'm thinking specifically of multiple ga- multiple UFO guest Lucy. Yeah. By basically being like, you're our new friend. Yeah. Like it or not, you're friends with us now. Right. And I've told Lucy, I was like, I just insinuated in- you into my life. She was like, yeah, all right. Yep. <laughs> so. And that's when you know it's a good friendship. That's true. When that's they don't true. care that you've basically just like abducted them. Yeah. 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 Or like with new Matt. Hi, new yeah. Matt. Hi, new Matt. Um. Where you give him a new name, mm-hmm. a or a new name, uh-huh. as it were. Demand that he change his Twitter <laughs> handle. Right. He won't, but he does update his like Twitter uh, name. Right. Which is Yeah, I like that he fair. was like, uh, this is kind of my thing. And we're like, that's fine. Change this other thing about your profile. <laughs> He's like, yeah, right. That sounds fine. <laughs> and that's how we knew that new Matt was our people. That's right. That's how we knew Matt was our people. Here's a fun behind-the-scenes glimpse at, at the UFO process that will surprise absolutely zero people. Uh-huh. Before we started recording, we I said, hey, let's talk about the things we're going to talk about. And we said, okay, that sounds good. Let's go. Anything else? Also, during that, hey, we should probably come up with a plan for this episode, we spent a good 20 minutes watching Backstreet Boys music videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have zero regrets. I mean... We're living our best life. Uh-huh. Our best larger than life. Mm-hmm. All you people, can't you see, can't you see? How your love's affecting our reality? Yeah. Every time we're down, you can make it right. And that makes you unabashedly obsessed. Let's uh-huh. move on to our topic. <laughs> Aw. Um, how your love is affecting our reality? Uh-huh. Don't you think that it would be fun if you if you sold houses, if you said how your love's affecting our realty? But it's but but in this in this scenario, the year is like the year two thousand. Yes, and okay, <laughs> great. Our first topic. I think that that might be my own, my first bit on this show oh. that I have crafted. It's it's by a myself. lovely bit. It's, it's a my, lovely. It's bit. my favorite. I love it. Um, our first uh, topic is I'm doing. We're gonna call it James's book club, but don't hold me to it. Okay. Actually, that seems like a really a good full title. Uh huh. James's book club, but don't hold me to it. Right. Sure. Um, I have a Goodreads list. Uh, you should friend me on Goodreads. Good luck finding me. You can friend me too. I yeah. read a lot of garbage. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have 
sometimes just to sort of de-stress if work is not going well or I'm bored or both, <laughs> um, I will uh, look at how many items are on my want to read list. I think right now it's at 845. Oh my God, James. Um, I just, when I see a book that interests yeah. me, I'm just like, want to read. Um, like I got the newsletter today that was like, uh, May releases for authors you've read before, which is my favorite Goodread- Goodreads uh, email I get mm-hmm. um, because it, you know, it's tailored to me. Yeah. Um, I, 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 Hashtag narcissism. Um, May has a Stephen King book coming out. The Outsider Ooh. comes out. That's right. Uh, new Chuck Palahniuk book comes out. Okay. Uh, the Rainbow Roll apparently writes for Runaways book comes out. Yeah, but that may... I didn't click through, but it looked like she's writing the first issue or volume or something. Yeah. I th- Are it, they redoing Runaways? They... I mean, possibly. They I mean, you know... As we know from before, they've rebooted Runaways at least once before because I knew it as one story and gave you a, a comic book that was from the second volume of Runaways, which was a reboot or a whatever. So they've How at least... How many times do they need to reboot the same thing? Um, I mean, at least three, it seems, plus yeah, a TV show. Lots and lots of... Yeah, it's it's sort of a comic book. Like sometimes you'll see, like for instance, Action Comics, which is the Superman comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, the first Superman comic book. The first Superman comic was Action Comics number one. Action okay. Comics number one thousand came out last week. Okay. Um, but like, and I think actually Action Comics has been just going steadily one by one by one. But sometimes comic books will be like, it's a new number one issue. Okay. Um, and sometimes that's a, because we're doing a volume two thing, but occasionally they'll be like, it's our 600th issue. And you're like, but last issue was number 45, but they're like counting from the beginning and it's a stupid publishing ploy and stuff. So, uh, I think often they reboot when they've painted themselves into a corner plot wise. Sure. There's a big crossover event that kills people or changes the world in some way. Okay. They want people to buy another issue of number one. I feel like it's largely that third one almost all the time. Probably. Um, So anyways, I, uh, I, what I did at the, actually a couple months ago was I made a list of five Stephen King books and five books. I basically put in my random number generator. Give me five numbers that are one through however many books were on my want to read list. Okay. So, uh, the books that I'm going to be reading this year, I'm as always. I'm I'm catching up on my New Yorker, on my New Yorkers. Right, right. now, I am current to last year. I just finished okay. the April seventeenth, twenty seventeen issue. Okay. So, I'm going to finish May. I'm going to read through the end of May and then read the next book of one of these that I have. Okay. So, and I, as always, I'm alternating between Stephen King, non Stephen King. Sure. Unless Stephen King comes up on the random number generator. Because I'll do, generally I do Stephen King, Random Number Generator. Sure. And if Stephen King comes up on that, then I'm not going to shy away from it. Sure. So the uh, five Stephen King books, no, the five non-Stephen King books I'm going to read this year are Olive Kitteridge, which okay. won a, Pul- a Pulitzer Prize for Best Fiction a number of years ago. Okay. Uh, Live by Night, which is on my list because it won an Edgar Award for Best Mystery. It was also made into a movie starring Ben Affleck, and I think it's about rum runners. Okay. So, uh, that, that. Uh, We Are Still Tornadoes. I have no idea why that was on my want to read list or what it's about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
um, I wear the black hat, which is a Chuck Klosterman book. Chuck Klosterman is a, he writes for like spin magazine. He mostly writes about music, but in a very cool, he's like an American. So, okay. Nick Hornby writes fiction that of the genre. Aaron won't like this. Right. He also writes nonfiction cause he's like a music dude. Yeah. And the nonfiction is also very delightful. Um, Chuck Klosterman is if, like, Nick Hornby was American and didn't write fiction and only was journalist stuff. Okay. Sort of niche, like, your buddy got a job writing about music and sort of talks about whatever. Like, he'll talk about, like, he went to a Radiohead concert in Mexico and this is what it was like or whatever. Okay. Uh, So this book is about villains. I Wear the Black Hat is about, like, his experience of villains and villains through the ages and like how villains are portrayed and like what that means about society and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. That could be really good. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. I don't remember adding that to my want to read list, but here we are. Yep. <laughs> He's sort of one of the authors that I'm like, oh, new Chuck Klosterman book. Click. Yeah. Um, and The Martian. Oh, okay. Um, which I'm really excited to read. I, I've heard mixed things about the movie, but I've heard the book is fairly good. All right. Um, which is about a dude who finds himself stranded on Mars and has to MacGyver his way to not dying. Yep. Um, and then the Stephen King books that I have are uh, From a Buick 8. Okay. Uh, Insomnia. All right. Dreamcatcher. All right. Which I'm really excited to, to read because I am the one person that really, really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I don't think I saw the movie. I you either, you don't have a strong negative reaction, so I'm guessing you didn't see the movie. Okay. Uh, Pet Cemetery. Sure. Based on our conversation with Kaylin. Yep. Um, and then Gerald's Game, and Gerald's Game is the first book that I've checked off on my on my book club list. Yay! You want to talk about it? Can I, we talk about let's it? Let's talk about Gerald's Game, oh, but first. So good. But first, a trigger warning. Yes. Our discussion can will probably possibly contain uh depictions of well or discussions of yeah (laughs) we will not be depicting anything right um uh bondage sexual yeah first off spoilers will abound for gerald's game i I want to talk about the spoiler at the end of gerald's game so yes literally this discussion is the end of gerald's game yes um but we might discuss uh well the book contains Let's do a, just a trigger warning on the book. The book contains uh, bondage, bondage and sex games, bondage and sex games, uh, lots of bloodshed. This is the the second book I've ever read that I had to stop in the middle because I felt like I was about to pass out. Right, childhood sexual abuse. Yep, Gra- I mean like graphic and unadulterated. Like it just puts it out there. There's no the camera doesn't pan away. Yeah. Um. And then, like, animal abuse and, and other stuff, too. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, the, abuse the of corpses abuse is, and... Yeah, the animal abuse normal is pretty... Stephen King's. Yeah, normal Stephen King stuff. The animal abuse is pretty light. Um, yeah, actually, you know, it's, it, it, it actually is also doesn't venture outside the, the scope of a normal Stephen King book, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, there's, there's a dog that... There's a stray dog, and it goes into his backstory and how he be- he came to become a stray and it right. was heartbreaking yeah and made like that was the most upsetting part of the book for me right um which probably says something about my psyche given everything else that happens in this book right the the book was um 
so the basic here's the here's the elevator pitch for Gerald's game. Oh, so with that trigger warning. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. If you, if you don't want to listen to that stuff, skip ahead a ways. Let's. I mean, we could set Betty. Do you want to set Betty? Skip ahead ten, 10 minutes. minutes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So skip ahead ten minutes, starting now. Now. Um. Okay. So. Well, we don't need to do a plot synopsis. Which, well, girl finds herself, woman finds herself uh, handcuffed to a bed, and also the keys are out of reach, and also her husband just died. And yeah. also, no one's coming to the lake house they're at. And by just died, we mean, like, on top of her. Right, like... Like, they were playing... He he wanted to play a sex game and had a heart attack in the middle of it. Right. And it's the... Uh, they're at their vacation house. It's the off-season. There's no one around. Right. She can't reach her phone. She can't reach the phone. It's the early nineties. Well, yes, it was the early the the in the Netflix. In, she can't reach her phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a cell phone sitting on the nightstand. And Siri she can't get to it. Well, and I think it was out of batteries too. Mm, that that I think there, that there you go. Or it didn't have. They don't have service there or something. There was an explanation for why she couldn't just yell that out. Writing horror movies has to be so hard. Yeah. Nowadays. And then. Yeah, so she's basically handcuffed to this bed. Yeah. No food, no water. Can't get to the keys. Can't right. get her hands out of... They're like police-grade right. cuffs. Right. So, yeah. So that's the situation. Yeah. And it feels like any other author, I would have been like, there's no way this is going to be an interesting book. How are you going to have this work? And But I, I, I was like... Okay, that's the situation. Stephen King, do your work. Yeah, I, I I picked this book up having read The Dust Jacket and knowing that this was the story of a woman who is handcuffed to the bed and alone in the house. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see what Stephen King does with this one woman play. Right, yeah. Yeah, and you know, he does, he does it's, it's a very compelling and excellently written book. It was... I feel like he... So Stephen King gets a lot of flack for writing very one-dimensional female characters. Does he? Yeah. And writing a lot of female characters who just don't read true. Huh. I don't think he gets any more flack than a lot of male authors. But there, I remember in um, in the Overdue episode about Bag of Bones, okay. they, they ragged on him a bit for the love interest in that being kind of one-dimensional and making some choices that didn't make sense for mm. her character, which hadn't really occurred to me at the time, but listening to, like, when I read it, it didn't occur to me, but listening to it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, they're they're kind of right on that. Because, like, this But and... Jesse was yeah. brilliantly done, I thought. And, um, Rose Matter. Yeah. she. I mean, like, maybe, and maybe this was Stephen King's early 90s feminist period, because I feel like they were written right one right after the other. Yeah. And they were definitely, like, at least women's Libby. Yeah. Like. <laughs> They're also the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And in Bag of Bones, Maggie, or whatever her name was, was Maddie? Maybe Maddie. I don't remember. She was yeah. the. She was like the Sadie of that book. She was right. the love interest. She was not. She, she was. To horse she was not with. even as well, as well developed as Sadie was. Right. Um, so maybe it's that he writes good protagonists and then side characters that serve a function. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. Because, like, I, I, I remember. Yeah, I read. Bag of Bones was also a big self-insert book. 
I mean, the main character, the protagonist in that was Stephen King. Oh, he was an, yeah. oh, was an author? Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, so what I want to talk about. So at one point, so she is, as we said, uh, she has access to a cup of water, which happens to be on the thing behind her. Yeah, the shelf above the bed. She, well, she has, she manages to get access to. She, she is, it is possible for her to arrange for herself to get a hold of that yeah probably like (laughs) and no food although when i was talking to Kristen about this book she's like geez how many days has she been there i was like oh no just like like 24 hours she's like oh i'm like yeah but come on it's bad the the lack of food isn't the problem as much mm-hmm. as the lack of water. Right. And just the psychological torment that right. ends up happening to her throughout the course of the story. So at some point, psychological torment is a great a great off-ramp for what I want to talk about. So Excellent. at one point, she um, hallucinates her father, who sexually abused her, yes, um, in the room with her. Yes. And... She's like, oh my god, I'm you know I'm dreaming. No, I don't think I'm dreaming. Then she's like, oh, it's death. I pictured um, a character from, I can't think of what his name is. He did like um, Howl's Moving Castle, and it's an he's an anime. He's like the most famous current anime guy. Okay. Um, he he did a number of of, of good like two thousands movies that are really good. Sure. Spirited Away. Someone is like this guy, this guy, whatever. Yeah. Mark especially is like this guy. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. I w- Mark, I want to say Kurosawa, but that's an entirely different dude. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, I pictured a, a, like this guy from that, like, you know, sort of just like a, almost like a, like a mask on his face or whatever. And it was sort of written off as, no, you're freaking out. I pictured the silence. Mm, good call. Good call. Because he, he was like. Like the 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 proportions were all wrong, yeah. and like his fingers hung down to his his legs and stuff. Like it was yeah, all like down to his knees. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, knees. Right, your fingers always hang down to your legs. Your legs take up half your body. Yep. Um. His yeah, his fingers hung down to his knees, and it was all wrong. So like, like the forehead was bulging. Yeah, and yeah. It uh, it was um, clearly like a hallucination and stuff. Right. And like the guy, like you know dug into his bag of bones which i was like really where a bag of bones is in a, a bag of bones is in this too weird yep. um and he had like rings and finger they kept Jewelry calling them finger and rings small bones and yeah well, it's, i guess as opposed to earrings i know but. and it took like after he said it like the third time i was like what is a finger ring? oh it's like as opposed to an earring aka a, a ring. ring right um but so like she was like okay this is you know, this is nothing. And then she, like, the the morning comes and she's like, oh, my God, what's that on the floor? And she sees a pearl earring. Right. And she sees right next to it a muddy boot print. Right. Which is, like, one of the, like, oh, my God. So yada, yada, yada. She gets out. <laughs> yes. Um, Stuff happens. Blood spills. It's very exciting and sickening in all the best ways and whatever. Yeah. Um. So basically... She does not cut off her own hand. She does not cut off her hand or her thumb, like I thought she was going to, based on everything that had led up to the point where yeah. whatever. So basically she then uh, 
has to basically deal with a lawyer and the police and stuff because again her husband is dead right and and she and has been chewed on by this stray dog right um and chewed yeah chewed up and yeah. like like the dog eats part of the, yeah. of the of the husband um so anyways she deals she basically is like also i think and so um oh her husband was a lawyer and a guy from his firm is basically like representing her and making sure everything goes through with his estate and all this stuff. Right. And basically, he's like, "Okay, here's we, we don't we don't need to get into the sex games of it all. Right. Here's what happened." And then she's like, "Oh, also, I think I saw. I think there was a dude in the house." And he was like, "No, no, 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 no. First of all." That story is not helpful to (laughs) making this go away. Right. Second of all, uh, no, there was no... uh, She also... But right as she was leaving, she ran into that guy again and, like, gave him her wedding Wedding. rings. Yeah. Um, But again, she was like, that could have been a hallucination, too. Oh, also, he was in the back of her car when she drove away. Yeah. So, like... crashed the car. Right. And he was not there when she was found. Exactly. So, like... She's hallucinating this guy who is, like, the representative of her dad. Right. And, like, he smells like her dad did on the day that he abused her. Right. Um, And all this stuff. So, um, basically, she's like, and he's like, we didn't find a pearl earring. We didn't find a boot print. Like, this story doesn't check out. And so let's not even bring it in, bring it up into... Right. The, into the into the discussion because it only complicates things and right. also it probably isn't true so whatever right the way that Stephen King reveals that nope there's a dude there was a dude in her house mm-hmm. he reveals it at the top like what I picture as the top of the screen and then she goes through a whole bunch of stuff and then we get to so who was this guy right. at the beginning he's like she looked at the picture of this dude that is our timer. Yeah. I think we're done talking yeah. about the triggery stuff. So let's wrap up the tail yeah. end of the story. And we, we are we are sort of in the middle of the spoilery stuff. So skip skip ahead three minutes and we'll be done. Yeah. But uh yeah. She's so he's like, she saw the picture of blah 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 this guy and and pictured his face as he looked at her in her house. Right. I was like, holy crap, what? Oh my god, what? And then she moved on to other things, and I was like, no. The dude. Yeah, back up. And then she, and then he, the way he he plotted out that he eventually got to who this guy was. Who this guy was is basically a grave robber slash corpse defiler that would steal bones and jewelry from corpses among myriad other things right. that he would do. And so he had a bag of bones that he carried around. <sighs> and he had a condition that elongated his face and fingers physical deformities and stuff yeah like that book it should have been about this and it should have been about that and it turned out was also about this third thing yeah that was like he didn't need to do that but he did and it was uh, just fantastic it was such a good book i want you to watch the netflix movie yeah because it was beautifully done yeah it is very very true to the book nudity not that I recall. I think she was in a slip. In the book, I think I'm pretty sure she is is just down to her her, her knickers. Her knickers. Yeah. Yeah. No, in the movie she's in like a slip. Okay. Cool. But 
Yeah, it was just, it, I mean, because I, I read the book and then I found out they were making the movie out of it. And apparently it's a thing that a bunch of people had discussed someday making a movie of and everybody decided this will be too hard. Yeah. There's no way to, for this to effectively be done on screen. And the guy who finally did it, yeah. I mean, Netflix was the perfect platform for it. Yep. And it was extremely well cast. The woman that they cast as Jesse was just phenomenal she's apparently been in a ton of stuff i don't think i had seen her in anything <laughs> the guy that they cast as gerald was great yeah and he actually ended up being a slightly bigger part in the movie okay um because you see some flashbacks and hallucination type things right and he was just fantastic cool. it's, i i can't stress enough how good that movie was cool i'm really i'm really excited to to to, to check it out there really have there's really a Stephen King sort of renaissance in terms yeah. of adaptation going on, for better or worse. There's I guess there's a bunch of stuff on Netflix that I need to check out. I just haven't had time. Yeah, um, and I'm really looking forward to the Hulu series Castle Rock. That's yeah, out this me summer. too. We'll be talking about that. Absolutely. They're gonna are they gonna release it all at once? I I assume, or is it gonna be a once how a does week Hulu, kind of thing? I, I forget how Hulu does it. I'll I'll be able, I would be able to answer this tomorrow because season two of Handmaid's Tales comes out. Yeah, I think it's a once a week thing. I think you're right because I seem to recall watching eleven twenty two sixty three by the week. You're right, but did Future Man all come out at once? I don't know. I don't think we started watching it when mm. it was until it was all out. Okay, so I don't know. I mean, it's their prerogative, really. Yeah. So yeah, um, that was my first book. I mean, I don't I don't intend on getting into every single book that I read, but yeah. I don't guarantee not doing that too. So if you want to, do you know which one your next Stephen King is going to be? Uh, my next Stephen King is probably going to be Pet Cemetery. Okay. But before that, I think I might read um, The Martian. Okay. I, I'm not sure. It, it'll either be The Martian or one of the ones I have from the library, which are Live by Night, We Are Still Tornadoes, and I, I Wear the Black Hat. It might be We Are Still Tornadoes because I want to see what the hell that is. Yeah. I'm it. I we are still tornadoes has a very YA layout to the cover of it. So it could be a quick read. It could be a quick read. That yeah. might be why I do that next. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, follow along. To, if you yeah. if you read one of them, um, let me know on the Facebook group. I'd I'd love to have thoughts and opinions and whatever. Yeah. Cool. So that's James's book club, but don't hold me to it. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna segue slightly into a visual novel game that I've been playing. Okay. It is called the Arcana. Okay. And so it's a mobile game that I found through, I think, Facebook. It was like, hey, you play a lot of dating sims. Play this one too. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure, Facebook, whatever you say. <laughs> and the art is just lovely. Okay. So the art really hooked me. Yeah. And it's not done yet. They're releasing like a book roughly a month until they get to the end of the story. And it is a... Choose your romance. There are three romantic interests that you can choose from, and okay. they have plans for three more, but they want to finish the the primary story with the three who exist. Sure, that makes right sense. now, and it's like it's just really compelling. I'm really enjoying it. Okay, the art is just gorgeous. Okay, the story is really compelling so far. I'm using um, that. I'm using a survey app called Quick Thoughts. Yep. That where I just a couple times a day, I'll take a survey and get paid a dollar for it. And then when I get $10, I cash out for an iTunes gift card. So I am funneling 
all of that money into the Arcana because I want the premium choices because that is where things get a little spicier. Is Quick Thoughts on an app? Mm-hmm. It's an app and a website. I might have to do that. I, I think but you I have ju- to cash out through the app. I just killed my uh, iTunes, uh, um, my iTunes credits on my other on my countdown show today. So oh yeah, I might have to might have to start taking some surveys. Yeah, it's good. I've I mean, I have been, I have not paid a single actual dollar for this game, and I am completely caught up on all of the paid choices for the two routes that i'm interested in paying for nice so yeah um so what what is a like a two sentence synopsis of the arcana you are an amnesiac magic shop owner but you keep forgetting that (laughs) no you know that you have amnesia okay you the the countess of this town that you live in vesuvia comes to your door and enlists your help in sussing out the murderer of her husband. Okay. Her husband died three years ago, mm-hmm. and she she says that she knows who it is, but she needs help catching him because he got away. Okay. And so the love interests are your teacher. Okay. Like your, like, magic teacher, uh-huh. who apparently is, like, was your lover before you got amnesia. And one of the great things about it, so you can choose to be male, female, or non-binary. Oh, you nice. You choose your pronouns. You choose your names. Nice. Any character that you have not been introduced to yet is referred to as they. Oh, cool. So pronouns are not assumed. Um, one of the love interests, your your magic teacher is, like, it's canon that they're non-binary. Huh. Um, they tend to use male pronouns, but... It's just like it's just interesting and a lot more progressive than a lot of these dating sims that are like you can be a girl and you can date one of these three very pretty but basically the same looking guys. Right. right. Or you could be a lesbian. Here is your one lesbian option. Right. So which, you know, I play a lot of those too and it doesn't bother me at all because I want to date one of the three very pretty guys. Sure. But it's really nice that this is a lot more inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. Is it um, modern, like, present day? No. It okay. is set... I mean, it's a fantasy thing, so okay. it's set in, like, a fictional town that is based somewhat on, like, Renaissance Italy. Okay. And based somewhat on, like, Arabian areas. Okay. Like, some of the outfits and stuff are very Arabian knights looking. Um, Nadia, the countess, and Azra, the magic teacher, are kind of, like, they're darker skinned, kind of Arabian looking. I mean, she's got purple hair, so it's, right. I mean, it's fantasy. Sure. Um, but then... Like the, Shimmer and Shine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly like Shimmer and Shine. And then the third love interest, Julian, the, quote, murderer, is based on Jeff Goldblum because... The writer kept sending Jeff Goldblum wizard pictures to the artist when she was drawing, like, all the concept art. And so his speech patterns and his facial expressions, like, to the point where he doesn't look like Jeff Goldblum, but once you know, you can't unsee it. You're getting a real Jeff Goldblum vibe. It's great. I love it. He's my favorite. So it is Nadia. Nadia, Azra, and Julian, who is... From a neighboring town that is like his last name's Dvorak or Devorak. I don't know how you pronounce. It's like D- it's like D V O R A K. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like and the composer. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Dvorak? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and his like Julian is like his Vesuvianized name. His actual name is Ilya. 
okay. So it's, I guess his town is like Russian? Right. Ish? Right. So he kind of looks like he's a contemporary of like Jack the Ripper. He's uh-huh. in like this big like black trench coat thing sure, and sure. has like a jacket and a vest and right. um, um so yeah um, like italian renaissance slash arabia slash england slash russia right sure got it yep but mm-hmm. you know fantasy right of course um so i can't help but think natia like naughty okay asra <laughs> okay and dulian like someone that you do Okay. Just going to let our audience sit with that for a second. Doolian. Before I just Scrulian. Scrulian I like a lot better. It's it's less uh it's less subtle. Yes. Yes it is. <laughs> and if there's one thing Julian's not, it's subtle. Yeah. He's not even a little bit. No? He's great. I love him so much. He's my new boyfriend. If I could do a Jeff Goldblum impression right now. By the way, when you said Jeff Goldblum, for a sec, for just a sec, my brain was like, yeah, you know, the redneck guy, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, no. And I was like, what is this that you play? No. I was like, Jeff Goldblum. And then I pictured the, you know, sexy Jeff Goldblum. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, right. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. No, it makes me really want to go watch Jurassic Park, which I haven't a, seen since middle school. It's been a bit since I've seen Jurassic Park, too. It's a good movie. And also the first Jurassic Park funny thanks <laughs> it took me a second i was like <laughs> yeah and wait oh okay yeah no i mean and i haven't and i haven't seen chris pratt Dr- jurassic parks and rec if someone hasn't made that joke that's really funny <laughs> even if they have that's pretty even funny if they have maybe maybe because they have i'm sure that they have i'm sure they have. anyway anyway jurassic world is where you're going with that yeah yeah, I haven't seen that. I one haven't either. seen that either. I think I've only seen the the original one. I've seen the first three for sure, and I definitely own the first three. But yeah, so I've been playing the Arcana, and I've been really enjoying it. Yeah. And it's also gotten me reinterested in tarot. What a transition! Yeah. So the the whole thing is kind of based around the major Arcana of the tarot. Oh, is that a thing? Okay. Yeah. So the tarot is divided into the major Arcana and okay. the minor Arcana. Kings of cups and stuff? Yeah. So the cups, wands, swords, and... Chalices? Pentacles. Okay. Cups and chalices are the same thing. My, oh, right. my deck ooh, my deck is chalices, okay. but it just kind of depends on the particular deck. I think Arcan- it's, it's pentacles or coins or something like that. Oh, okay. So... Uh, uh, arcana equals like suits yeah it, like it, yeah. it's sort of in the same in the same realm as as, as suits yeah of cards so okay. the major arcana are like the standalones like uh the death card the, the tower high priestess yeah. the tower yeah right. the okay. ones that stand alone and aren't related to one of the suits the minor arcana are the four suits and you have ace through ten and then um the page knight queen and king of those suits okay so i so after right after college my cousin was reading tarot cards and kind of got me into it and so i remember being at barnes and noble out in reston okay when it was there yep and i found this shakespeare tarot deck oh it's called the shakespeare oracle Uh uh-huh and i was looking at it and i was like man this is like really pretty i really really like this 
but I don't really like, I, you know, it's kind of pricey. I don't really, I wasn't working yet. I was like, I don't want to spend the money. Went home, could not stop thinking about it because it was so pretty. Yeah. And I went back out and bought it, like drove back out to Reston later that day or maybe the next day and yeah. bought it. Nice. And so that is the deck that I have. Okay. And I have been, I'm not good at it. So I haven't really done anything with tarot since around that time. Like I was going through a bad breakup and graduation. And like I was I was in a place in my life where I was looking for something. Yeah. And Jennifer was like, hey, I've got these tarot cards. They have unicorns on them. And so she did a few readings for me. And then I got my own and I started kind of playing around with them. And I never really got to where I knew what any of the cards meant. Okay in and of themselves. Right. So since we started talking about doing this episode and since I've been playing the Arcana, I've pulled my cards back out and I've started doing a little more research and I've gotten to know them a little bit better. I still have to look a bunch of stuff up. Awesome. But if you would like, I can do a reading for you. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm just going to do like a base. So I don't know a lot of the more complicated things. So I'm thinking just like a basic three card, like past, present, future reading. Okay. If that works for you. That works for me. So I'm going to shuffle them just a little bit real quick. Did you, did you ever listen to the Sawbones ASMR episode? No. It's one of the Max Fun bonus episodes. No, I didn't listen to that. I don't think I'm an ASMR person because they did it and like Sydney did a, a head exam as an ASMR thing and it did not you mean, like, work for me. Did a, what do you mean did a head well, exam? Well, like one of, the, one, of the, um, one of the ASMR genres is someone like examines your like skull and so she did it as like a doctor okay examining your skull okay and so like she can like talk into one ear and talk into the other ear they like got a special like binaural mic to do this thing and i don't know it was just it was i don't know i mean is is there a physical component to asmr because like having somebody like rub my scalp and stuff and like mess with my hair is a thing i very much enjoy but i don't think that having somebody talk through a skull exam would do I, it for me. I, I, I do like like the sound of pages turning. Yeah. Um, I find that very soothing. I find like there are certain almost white noisy type sounds mm-hmm. that I find very soothing. And yeah. I, but I don't get like a, I don't have like a full body reaction. I just like, like the sound of them. Uh, the reading glasses transitions between their segments is a turning page. I love it. And it goes uh, from right ear to left ear, like a page turning. Oh, cool. Which I re- I'm like, that's a really good, really good uh, detail to have. Come. Yeah, um, that's really cool. I think for me, I might it may be you know I don't I, I haven't had uh, like a full body reaction or whatever either. But I think that I would find like non has a story stuff to be more compelling than here's the story of you getting your hair cut and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna have you cut the okay. deck. That was a that was just a brief, a brief. <laughs> we were just vamping while I shuffled. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And now we each take, draw seven and, and see what cards we get, and then I try and defeat you. Oh no, that's that's not true. That's just magic. That's magic. Yeah. This is also magic. Okay. Terra magic. Okay. Okay. So this card is the past. Okay. And it is the Queen of Scepters, which okay. Catherine of Aragon right. represents the Queen of Scepters. Okay. Um scepters in this case is wands. Okay. So I'm going to have to bust out my book. Nice. 
Okay, so the scepters represent energy and action. This is the suit of physical force, play, travel, inspiration, impulse, ambition, and self-growth. Okay. So the queen of scepters. I just, I like, I like this deck because it assigns each card to a character or for the non-people cards. So like the two of cups or whatever is um, they, they put a quote from Shakespeare that kind of encompasses what that card stands for. Nice. And I okay. really like it. And not like, oh, hey, Benedict, I have two cups now. No, no, right. not like that. Okay. Not like that. You know that part of Much Ado? That part of Much Ado where they have the conversation about how many cups they're holding? <laughs> right. Yeah. That gets cut from a lot of performances. Yeah. I don't know why. It, I mean, the extended version of Much Ado, which is just that one extra scene, uh-huh. the, the infamous, how many cups have you got? Yeah. Scene. We did that in our high school production. Yeah, we did. Plus a, a show-stopping cup-juggling number. Yeah. I was not a part of that one. Me neither. James, Yeah, you were. Oh. Weren't you? I, I blacked out. I thought out. you were like in the background. I just blacked out for the whole thing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> we modernized it too, so it was uh, lit chainsaws. Yeah. We just called them cups. Right. Because it, oh, no. it was cup brand chainsaws. Right. C-U-P-P. Yes. When you really need something cut down, cup it down. Oh. All right, so this is your past. Okay. The Queen of Scepters represents someone who is strong, self-confident, and vibrant. Uh-huh. This could be you or an influence in your life. A person who's gracious, business-like, business-like, easygoing, and open, never arrogant or pushy. Uh-huh. Hold on. Like Catherine of Aragon, for example. Like for... Catherine of Aragon, for example. Yeah, imagine that. That, that influence in my life. <laughs> so, okay, so... In readings, this card typically is asking you to, or indicating that you should think and feel the way this queen of wands does. Okay. So she is, what do we say? She's um, strong. She's self-confident. So, you know, you're looking into your past and either looking for a person who was, and there's probably somebody listening to this who's like, you're doing it all wrong. Whatever. Yeah. I'm new at this. Yeah. Just go with me, guys. So okay? back off. Back off. Okay. So that is your past. Okay. Your, your present. Yes. Come on, Rich. Is the seven of wands. Okay. May I read the quote while you? You may. Okay. It is, screw your courage to the sticking place and will not fail from Macbeth. Nice. The line of Macbeth that Gaston quotes in Beauty and the Beast. That's right. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Ha! Didn't read. So for your present, um, the Seven of Wands appears to be in a battle. The figure on the Seven of Wands in a more traditional deck. Um, He's either attacking or under attack, probably both. So when we decide to take a stand, we set in motion an energy of resistance. When we take up a firm position, others do the same. The Seven of Wands stands for aggression and defiance because they are two sides of the same coin. You attack, your opponent defends, he counterattacks, you defend. Some battles are worth fighting, others just cause trouble. If you're involved in a conflict, ask yourself if it's worth the struggle. Is it important? Does it have value? Will the outcome serve you or others? If so, be bold and aggressive. Defend your position. If not, then consider letting the conflict go and be honest with yourself about this. You'll be tempted to hold on to your position, especially if you've invested much time and energy into it, but don't let battle lines be drawn unless the war is worth fighting. That's a, that's good advice. That's it very is. good advice, especially for me. Yes. I'm, I'm constantly having battles that aren't worth fighting. I know. I feel like this this <laughs> card this might be like your patron card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But and, also, I'm I'm defiant and 
I like to think that I stand up for stuff and occasionally fight good battles. Yes. Yeah, you do. Which, And it's not saying that, that, that you shouldn't. Right. It's just saying, you know, like, pay attention to the battles you're fighting right. and decide if they're actually worth right. it. Is it worth it? Let me work it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's pro- that was probably the quote that didn't quite make it on because right. there wasn't room on the little scroll here. The Missy Elliott uh, tarot deck is would have that on, yes. on the Seven of Scepters. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then... Your future is the emperor reversed. Didn't. And so the emperor is Henry VIII. Wasn't he Catherine of Aragon's? Isn't Catherine of Aragon related to him? Probably. Um, yep. The yeah. first wife of King Henry VIII. Okay. So reversed, it may indicate. So this is your future. Okay. And it's not necessarily talking about you. It could be talking about a person like in your me. life. Right. Or a per, yeah, per, not necessarily like you, a person like this card okay. in your life. So okay. a weak or ineffective leader, uh-huh. it could signify someone who defers decisions to others, is unable to control a situation, or lacks confidence in her leadership role. It could indicate an immature or inept, inept man, ineffectual father, or inconsistent rules. An official may be tyrannical or abusive or overstep his authority. Some may think, someone may think they have more power than they really do. Okay. So perhaps you will end up working with somebody at work who is supposed to be in a position of authority and is, is just real bad at it. Perhaps. Perhaps you could be in a position of authority and just be real bad at it. That seems also very likely. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that, I guess. And is there, when you're doing this, when you're doing this, is there a, is there a through line here that I should be looking for? Like where it's like a position of confidence in your past could lead you to a conflict in your present where you need to make a decision whether it's worth it or not to to stand or to stick up for that or, or pick that fight. And if you make the wrong decision, you could end up in a position of power that you haven't earned or sort of a person in position of power who who is inept or whatever. Like, sure. Absolutely. And I probably should have again i haven't done a reading for another person since right after i graduated college so i'm bad at this but it's entirely possible that i should have had you think of a particular question or scenario that you Mm. wanted guidance on as Mm -hmm. opposed to just like let's find out about your past and your future okay but yeah so it could be that um you that yeah because uh you know like maybe you've been very confident in your like the the work that you've been doing at work and you are about to come up against, you know, sometime in the near future, you're going to come up against somebody who maybe gives you some pushback or something and you have to decide if it's worth it to stand by your position or just let them do their thing and they might turn out to be a really shitty leader right. for that project. Here's, here's my interpretation. Um, I podcast with a very confident and business-like <laughs> woman. Uh-huh. Who I know from my past. Yes. Uh, we are trying to figure out whether this podcast is worth standing up for. It is. And it is. And also, sometimes Henry VIII was just upside down. Yeah. I mean, I think you really you really hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> um, sometimes Henry VIII was upside down. But I think, I actually, I'm going to take from this, um, not like, don't be a weak leader or, or like whatever, but rather that I know that I'm not a great leader unless I'm partnered up with someone who I can work with and yeah. sort of defer to. Absolutely. And I think that that it 
And I think there's something to be said for not being like, I'm this guy. And instead being like, I don't have all the answers. And saying I don't know makes me, doesn't make me a weak, you know, a weak leader or an inept father or all those things. It, you know, strength in admitting flaws and, and, and deferring to the very brilliant women in my life. Absolutely. Uh, my podcast co-host, my wife, my <laughs> daughter. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's sort of what I'm taking from that. Yeah. I find it interesting that two of your three cards were wands. Mm-hmm. That might just be that I shuffled poorly. Could be. It could be. I mean, you know, it kind of depends how much stake anybody wants to put in stuff like this. I mean, my thing is get the, like, I feel like... Most of what we're taking, you know, most of this stuff is what you're, what you can take from it anyway. Right. Like any, you know, like that, I think that's sort of what I get from like my random number generator stuff, yeah. which is like you make your own meaning. Um, there's a Simpsons uh, episode where Homer quits the church and okay. starts his own, his own religion where he doesn't Jeez. have to go to church. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's the religion. Uh, he basically is like, I, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm, you know, God wants me here at home watching football. <laughs> Drinking beer. Not yeah, Not going to church on Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so Marge, to try and get him to change his mind, uh, invites Reverend Lovejoy over. And um, he and Reverend Lovejoy quotes some part of the Bible. It's like, just remember, you know, Matthew, such and such and such. And Homer's like, well, you remember... John verse 11 or chapter 11 verse 2 and Reverend Lovejoy of course knows what he's like and he went from them and he found lodging and he stayed there and Homer's like yeah think about it (laughs) and like I think the joke is you can't just quote any bible verse whatever but the joke that I always took from it joke in air quotes is it kind of made his point about like even Jesus rested and didn't go to church all the time. Yeah. And I think the larger joke is, yeah, you can do that with anything. You yeah. can literally take absolutely anything and give it meaning. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's really what the podcast Harry Potter and the Sacred Text is all about. Is yeah. Take this book, find meaning in it. Take any book and find meaning in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That I mean, but so I think that, I think that. You know, if you keep an open mind and get a tarot reading, it doesn't matter if you shuffled poorly. You shuffling poorly was just what led to those cards coming out and the meaning that I take from them. Exactly. And the meaning that you that you give to me to interpret for myself. You know, like you know what I mean. Like you're you're adding something. I'm adding something. The cards are adding something, and and from that I can. Can or, you know, can or don't have to choose to live my life differently or double down on how I'm living my life. But, yeah, like, the cards themselves, like, it doesn't matter if you shuffled poorly. You shuffling poorly was something that happened. Right. Yeah. If, 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 I mean, if that's what happened, then that's what happened. And if I'd gotten, you know, one, two, three of scepters, then that, then that's something too. Yeah. So... That's that's sort of what I'm taking from it. Yeah, I I would at some point like to get like a professional tarot reading. Yeah, I just think that would be an interesting thing. Yeah, to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but kind of the same way, like I would like at some point to go like sit with a psychic, right? And like have that conversation. I just 
it's something that I just find really interesting. And I... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I don't mean to... It, like, I don't, I hope that this doesn't trivialize tarot as a thing and, yeah. and sexism as a thing. I take the same thing from that tarot reading that I take from what kind of Harry... What Harry Potter character are you? Right. Which is, I picked this thing and you gave me this. And the description you gave about that Harry Potter character or office character or whatever is this. How do I think about that? In ter- what do I think about that in terms of my own life and my own perception of myself? Right. What can I apply? Like, is that, do I find that's true? Do I not? Do I find that's not true? And I think that basically you can go up to anyone and be like, hey, pick, you know, well, you know pick this. What's your favorite sandwich from this menu? Oh, well, people that pick that sandwich tend to be have this quality and this quality and this quality and this quality. And from that, a, you know, an open-minded person or someone who's who's playing the game, and maybe this is sort of an improv thing or whatever, but, like, you can get meaning from someone saying, hey, you are this. Right. Whether you are that or not. Right. Because it's a statement about yourself. It's a context in which you have to navigate. Like, yeah. Aaron, you uh, you are the type of person that only likes uh, fruit pies. No, I'm not. I I don't like fruit pies at all. And that and you know maybe that gives you small meaning. Maybe that gives you large meaning. Maybe that gives you no meaning at all. But it's it's a context to apply to to work against or towards. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Yeah. So we should probably go ahead and do social media and okay. wrap up. Okay. Cool. We have a Facebook group that I've mentioned that you should join. We do. It's Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. It's a fun group. I mean, anything goes, really. Like, post things that you thought of during this episode. Things that you think we might enjoy from whatever, you know? We have a Twitter for the podcast, which is at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Tonight, it stands for... Uh... Falstaff. Okay. He's in Shakespeare. He's probably one of the characters on the card. I, Ten bucks says he's the fool. I think Festa's the fool. Who? Festa. I don't from, know who that is. From Twelfth Night. Let's see. The fool is Who's the Festa. guy? Who's the guy yeah. in King Lear? Falstaff, right? That's. I think that's Falstaff. And Falstaff is in something else, too? I think Falstaff is the drunkard. Mm. He's drunk. Festa is the fool. And I think Festa is actually Olivia's jester oh okay so it came with that book too Mm -hmm. yeah so this book is basically like a hey we're gonna tell you about each of these cards and why we picked the character that we picked for each of these cards i think the author is like a shakespeare scholar who also does tarot so do is there a way to find falstaff really quick oh falstaff i was wrong he's from henry the eighth no henry the fourth mm-hmm is that who we were talking about? Falstaff, right? Yeah, he okay. he's he's yeah. he's a he's a definitely a recurring character. Yeah, he is. Well, I guess the the quote that is particularly referenced here is from Henry the Fourth, Part One. So he it stands for a life without responsibilities. The Lord of Coins is robust and loyal, with an easygoing nature and avid self-interest. Kind, obliging, and quick to laugh. He's sensual and sentient, lusty and earthy, with a healthy appetite for physical pleasures and the good things in life. Do you think that there could be a Stephen King tarot deck? Oh, I'm sure. Because, like, right? 
Like yeah. there's enough characters that yeah, that'd be fun. That would be fun. We should probably finish our social media. We are individually on Twitter at Unabashed James. And I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Unabashedly Obsessed. Um, if you want to support us financially, that'd be awesome. Uh, the It's the last week of April. Uh, it's your last opportunity to uh, sign up and I will make you a 10 song mix CD or playlist, depending on your media preference. That's uh, right. Based around the theme of your choice. Yeah. It's a it's a good uh good thing and we are making our way slowly towards that hundred dollar reward, which is where I get a unabashedly obsessed tattoo. That's right. Yeah. We have a merch store. We do. It is Cafe I forget the name of CafePress.com slash unabashedly obsessed. Right, that's what it is. <laughs> if you you're well acquainted with this if you watched our live stream last week. Yeah, so go there, um, you know. Check out what we've got. I think that's it except for thank yous. Uh, you know, you can email us at unabashedlyobsessed at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. If you're a fairly new listener, you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts now, apparently. Huh. So rate, review, subscribe. And if you, even if you're an old listener and you just haven't done it yet. Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song. Did you guys know there was a ladder down here? You can find Jamie and his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube. Also, thank you to Emily Cardamus, who did our logo art. You can follow her on Twitter at Corrupted Gem or follow her Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. Uh, she just did. I loved. I love her webcomic Steamed Veggies so much. Like, yeah. whenever she puts up a link for it, I'm like, ooh, this is usually fun. And then, like, I come back to Twitter, like, slightly changed because she's so good at, like, like she did, I guess she went to a um, a cuss meeting. Do you know Travis's secret society, the Cleveland Underground Society? No. Travis started a secret society. Oh. And one of the things that that what they do is Cleveland Underground Secret Show. Okay. Which stands for cuss. So I guess Emily and her friends went to a secret show. Okay. But I guess they were sworn to secrecy and aren't allowed to talk about it. Okay. So the webcomic was like. Oh, man, remember when that redacted? And remember when the redacted, redacted? And then, like, the third panel is Emily being, like, just, like, having realization. And the last panel is, and I can't, I I can't make a comic about any of it. <laughs> so. That's good. Yeah. But, like, she, she does stuff that is sort of sometimes inside jokey and sometimes just stuff from her life. Yeah. And sometimes, like, the stuff from her life is really universal and really like i really take a lot from it yeah um like she'll she'll write about like fandom and like how a fandom connects you to people you never thought you'd connect with and just like really good stuff so yeah uh you can follow her she posts stuff about that on her twitter uh at corrupted gem go and she does commissions and stuff so go that's how we got our logo yeah exactly go go pay her money to make amazing art for you yes that is it this has been a fragrant, fragrant is a good F word. Yeah, it is. Uh, this has been a fragrant episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. It makes it sound like it smells bad. Weird, it sounds like a sarcastic fragrance. pleasantly fragrant. Yeah. Um, episode of Unabashedly Obsessed, I am James. I am Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. <laughs> <laughs>